your message will be now the first message of the new episode. You fucking do my head in, Phil Gard. Poor guy, real life hero. I won't be watching it because I'm fucking arsed. Potatoes, potatoes, I suppose. Thank you for not a 20 minute message about nothing. Love you long time, bro. No one listens to this, so I can say you're wasted. That's all I'll say. You're wasted. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all kinds. I just listened back to some of the messages. I think wifey's going for a shower. It's getting starting to get interesting now. Just asking for a friend, but can I smell Phil's Nan's wind up vibrator? Phil's Nan's wind up vibrator. On this week's episode, Phil's Nan's wind up vibrator. I'll be mainly hiding in a bush. Phil's Nan's wind up vibrator. Maybe that's what Nick does after he's walking back from the movies. Phil's Nan's wind up. What's up? Joe's fucking dead. You want to leave a message? Well, say no more, Squire. No one expects a Spanish Inquisition. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all kind. Yeah, I've been absent for a little bit on here. I've just got so much at work. So, I just listened back to some of the messages. Uh, my first memory of a holiday, Phil. Ooh. The first one I can remember from pictures. This is, this is going down a tangent, this one. The first one I remember from pictures is when I was two. Can I'm showing me the pictures? Because I spent it in Germany with my cousin. Um, he was only a year and a half old. Uh, I don't remember the actual holiday, but from the pictures, I do have a slight recollection of it because we it was snowing. And I remember, see, I remember on a swing in my uncle's back garden on his barracks, because uh, he was in the army. And um, yeah, I remember playing with me, me younger cousin, who was, I think he was 18 months old, I was two years old, or nearly two, he was a, just over one. Uh, not three, he was three months ago, I think. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, I, mean, I was a toddler, and I do remember, I had a red jumpsuit, he had a blue jumpsuit, and I was playing on the swings, and we kept falling off. Um, that's, um, that got click, triggered by pictures that my mum showed me. Uh, but the first one I personally remember, um, I mean, first holiday abroad, would have probably, uh, it's probably Tenerife. Uh, I was 11, I think. I went with my auntie. There's a thing here, I've got aunties and uncles everywhere, so that's where we always seem to go, we seem to go on holiday with them. Uh, and we stayed somewhere in Tenerife, all in all, it was a long ass hill to get down to the beach. And I spent most of the time high as a kite, because Pepsi Max had just come out. And I was allergic to some of the ingredients, because it had E330 in it or something. Which was uh, eventually found to be, I think it was for hyper-proactivity in children. So they ended up taking it out, but um, yeah, I remember just being hyper for the whole like 10 days, I think. Um, but that was, that was my first time, yeah, it was a bit of a bad holiday when I got back, because my goldfish had died. Um, well, the guy was looking after me, goldfish said he died, so he flushed it down the toilet. He probably just forgot to feed it and he died. Um, but that was my first memory uh, of a holiday. I'd say my best, the best holiday I've ever had. 
Uh, I'd probably say my first trip to Florida, to be fair, in 2008. Because um, it was an eye-opener. It was a long flight. I mean, just completely... I remember most of it. Nearly all of it, to be fair. Because literally, you're doing everything for the first time, aren't you? You're driving a car in America for the first time. Night on flight for the first time. All that stuff. Walking into Universal. And, yeah, the best memory I have from that is actually we, we got there and we walked to Universal to collect our tickets because we had a voucher from Virgin. Was it Virgin? Was it Thomas Cook? I can't remember who we with. Anyway, uh, I had a voucher to go get t- collect the tickets at the desk at the entrance. And we walked it from American Way, which, if you know Universal, it's where that Conga River Golf is, next to Denny's at the top of International Drive on American Way. And we walked all the way to Universal, down Universal Boulevard, over the bridge, over the I-4, all the way down side paths, before they had the bus, new bus bit. So we walked all the way through the obviously city walk, got the tickets, walked back. Uh, ended up being like, I think it was like a four and a half mile round trip walking, and Julie did it in flip flops. <laughs> so you can imagine her feet were ripped. But yeah, that was uh, that's probably one of my favourites because I did just remember everything was the first for Florida. I loved it. Uh, and Craig, yes, I've just finished watching Mandalorian, and yeah, I can it's get, starting to get interesting now, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. So I'm not going to give any uh, any spoilers away in case people haven't seen it. And that's really it. I just like I said, I've been super busy at work. Uh, I've got to get these, these certain shifts in before we have my assessment next week. And the last two days I've worked from two in the afternoon till midnight. And it's just Liverpool to Manchester Oxford Road, back and forth, six, like three times. Uh, day off today, but then I'm back on early tomorrow. So it's currently time stamping this. It's currently half past eight. I'm going to be going to bed in a minute because I am up at four in the morning because I am working from five past six to half past five, three. Uh, I think I'm doing Liverpool Sheffield and back. So keep going back to your keep going to yours at the moment, uh, Craig. Spend a lot of time at Liverpool. Well, not actually. Yeah, spend a lot of time in, in, at, at the station. We're literally we're pinging trains in and then 19 minutes later I'm coming back out again. Um, but yeah, it's uh, work's going fine. I'm just getting ready for my assessment so I will be a bit very very sparse on here when I'm on here but I hope everyone's doing well and uh, let's keep this going again Simon your message will be now the first message of the new episode because I've just put the episode out because I think anybody else was going to do it tonight and I thought around 8.30 fuck it I'll do it half hour early so Simon you are leading the new episode well I mate um, quite frankly um, I will listen to yours probably in a minute Simon but I am right now watching Mission Impossible 1 Um, two reasons one Craig and Nick brought it up on Ego and I thought yeah let's go through all them again because obviously the new one comes out this year and I thought I always like having reminders of stuff because when I watch newer movies as I say brain like a sieve I like to remember stuff so if I get it back in my head in a few month period when the movies come round you know I get to enjoy you know, I get to enjoy no, I get to enjoy him more. And it's really weird seeing how young Tom Cruise looks in this. You just think he looks the same forever, but going back in time, you realise how much younger he did look, and him with short hair is so weird now. So fucking weird. So, yes, yeah, so I mean, well done, mate. Um, you were a few minutes too late for me, but you're starting this new one. Well done. Good morning, boys and girls. How are you? Um, 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 um. Let me just shut that. <clears throat> I'm just waiting to do a meeting with Ray on my laptop. Union duties, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I used to do that with the Harry Potter books. Uh, Phil, I used to literally step when a new Harry Potter book was coming out. I used to uh, read, start from the beginning, read them. Um, bearing in mind, I only got involved after the fourth book had come out, so I didn't have to reread them so many times. And I think I read them so probably about three times in total each. Uh, I I've downloaded them to Apple Books. I got a really good deal one Christmas. And they were all not interactive, but when you when they're on Apple Books, probably on the Kindle as well, the pictures move, stuff like that. Every chapter had a picture and all that. And I tried to reread them, just couldn't get back into them. Um, I don't know if it's because of the films or because I've read them three times. I mean, I've read The Lord of the Rings maybe three times as well. That's a fucking hard work, that, because they go off singing and all that shit, having picnics and that. Um, there was a series of books, fucking hell, The Necroscope by Brian Lumley. 
a series that mate oh if you like horror i know i think simon would probably enjoy it i don't know if any of you are readers and i don't mean that in a bad way i think what multimedia has done to people is it's dumbed down the reading experience and um, so people just don't read anymore and i'm like i'm one of them it takes me two years to read a book now even longer i mean when I started on the railway in Ainsley Booking offices in 1993, across the road from the Grand National, I was reading, because this, this is like before the internet, before everything, uh, we weren't allowed a telly in the Booking office, you weren't allowed a radio in the Booking office, we had a radio. We used to have it in the Aptus ticket box, underneath, on top of the safe, underneath the fridge, hidden with a, in a pile of other Aptus ticket boxes, so it was disguised, and when a manager turned up, you'd get out your chair, you'd walk to the door, you'd quickly switch the power off to the pl on the plug and go and let the manager in. But I was reading, fucking hell. There's a there's a Star Trek, I read Generations, I love that film Generations, so much so I haven't watched it for 20 odd years. Um, but uh, William Shatner actually wrote a follow-on book to Generations. So spoilers, uh, you know Kirk dies, don't you? At the end of Generations. Well, um, Kirk gets brought back to life by nanobots for a nefarious, is that the word? For bad, bad they turn him bad basically. I don't know if it was the Borg or somebody did it to him. I can't remember, but it's worth a read because Kirk, I don't think he dies again at the end. I think he gets a lead out of life. Now, it wasn't canon, but it's just interesting when uh, you're watching Picard and you see what you're seeing in the latest episodes and you're thinking, I wonder if they're taking some of the non-canon stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because the internet head fell off, didn't it? Some people were saying it was something and the other people were saying it was something else. I'm trying not to spoil us. <laughs> The noise of the clack horn grouped from the Spanish world of Ianos. <clears throat> yeah, just want to talk forever. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, like, these, that holiday thing, I didn't give it, I didn't count any holidays as a kid, so yeah, I had a fucking bad holiday. I had two. We used to go to a place in, not St. Ives, Cornwall, St. Eve's, Cornwall, right? It was a place called Cutcive Wood Chalets. I think they still exist. Now, they were getting on a bit in the 80s when we went there. I suspect the mum and dad are dead now, but they had a son, and I think the son's... I'm going to look that up, actually. Cut Kai Wood Chalets. But I think it's the same buildings. They were basically two caravans stuck together. They were two and three bedrooms. They had kitchens um, and a sitting area. I actually went on our first holiday with Kerry. Not our first holiday abroad, our first holiday with Kerry. Because you, you do what your parents did, didn't you? So we went in 94 for an Easter holiday we hired a car me and there young glove we went down there um but the two bad holidays and the, the, you'll know why the bad holidays so was and i think i'm right here yeah i'm fairly certain was 1988 we drove down to cook Hive wood chalets on fa cup final day and it was liverpool versus wimbledon and it was going to be the most one-sided FA Cup final in history and I can remember clearly Liverpool fans on the motorways going down um, you know must have been the M6 probably to, up to a point then we went off to Cornwall they went off to Wembley so you're seeing all the fucking scarves and all that and, and this is me at the height of my Liverpool football you know I never ever got back up to them dizzy heights I had the shoot uh, wall chart where I would update the league table every week the Liverpool team was unbelievable that was my first season my first 40 match was the 1st of January 88 Liverpool 4 Coventry 0 um, but we made an effort to get to Cookhive Wood Chalets for me to watch the FA Cup final. And we got beat 1-0 in, in one of the 
the most baffling games of football in, in history. Liverpool dominated without doing anything. Beardsley scored in the first half, but was pulled back for a foul on him, so that the referee didn't play on. John Aldridge um, had a chance to equalise in the second half, and I think if, if that the first penalty missed in the history of the FA Cup final, Dave Bessens had done his own work on Aldo, and Aldo was a one-trick pony. I love Aldo, I adore him. Um, he, he was my Ian Rush. As much as I loved Ian Rush, I wasn't into football, but Aldo was my fucking god, because he was my striker. And... Um, Bessens had done his own work on him and knew he shot the same way every fucking time and went and saved and the rest is history. Um, and then the following year, 88, um, we travelled down, eh, sorry, no, the following year, 89, hold on, there you go, in 89, it's getting faster, um, we travelled down on the Saturday, the night after Liverpool had been beaten 2-0 by Arsenal to lose the league on the last kick of the season. The season now, in hindsight, should never have continued for Liverpool, at least. Anyone else could have carried on, but whatever. You know, Hillsborough had just happened. Um, and it's, I didn't appreciate Hillsborough at the time for what it was. It just sort of passed me by but in a strange sort of way. I mean, I went to Anfield, I went to the Tribute, I tied my scarf on the cop, but I was too young, too naive, too... It's only later as the truth started to come out of what had actually happened and, and stuff like that. That season should never have took place. That Liverpool team, um, I mean, the families, Liverpool weren't going to play, but the families wanted Liverpool to play. So they played, and they, they played a, a friendly against Celtic to get them back. Imagine being, I mean, right, the families, never you never get over what happened to Hillsborough. But on a different side of it, them players have got the guilt of all them fans dying at a football match that they've gone to watch them players play. And they're all 20-odd-year-old lads, do you know what I mean? So they had to go and play again. Celtic, then they played whoever, then they had the FA Cup final, then on the Saturday, which went to extra time, one of the hottest days of the year, 3-2, Stuart McCall, Ian Rush scored twice, Stuart McCall scored twice, uh, and then, I think it was the Monday or Tuesday night, West Ham come to Anfield, get spanked 5-0, if McMahon had a goal disallowed that night, it would have been 6-0, we relegated West Ham that night, we left it, that Arsenal, if that goal had been in, Arsenal would have had to come and won 3-0. But whatever, 2 0. I was at that match. I was sitting on the dugout, the Liverpool dugout, sitting on it. Um, I got a couple of photographs of the players running out. I'm in the film, Fever Pitch. If you watch the footage, which is always on ITV4, cunts, you can see me with my bros haircut. And as the fucking cameras are on, the players are running out with flowers for the cop and all that. Um, I'm holding the camera over my face. So I've got a green jacket on with a gel head. And there's my camera. I was on my earrings in there as well, like bros. Um, so that, with the, so we lost that game. And again, even at that game, um, I can remember women walking around the stadium with bins and people throwing money in for the families. I can remember um, the England World Cup amputee team come out at half-time and were scoring goals at the cop end and they got a rapturous. It was amazing to watch. I always remember that. And then I remember my had a timer on my watch that had set for 45 minutes and the 45 minutes alarm had gone on my watch. So I had my head down on the dugout. <laughs> didn't see the goal, I just heard the roar, and I looked up expecting for us to be champions, and you know, everything that's gone on, what an amazing achievement, we've done the double and all that, and in that split microsecond I thought we'd won, and then when I opened my eyes, all it seems the Arsenal fans got in the corner going off the head, um, just, and just everyone around me crying, proper crying, and again, I'm too naive, too immature to realise why they're crying, you know, the, the trauma of everything that's gone on, and now this, do you know that night, right, Arsenal were given a trophy at Anfield and they were allowed to parade the trophy in front of the cop. Imagine that now in modern football. And the cop, who's was still burying the dead, but the cop is chanting champions at Arsenal. Champions, 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 like that. Unbelievable. Imagine that now. Anyway, the next day, um, we were up early and we travelled down to Cut Kive Wood Chalets again. And 
my auntie was coming with us. She was in her own car, I seem to remember. Although she might have been in our car. No, there was five of us. She must have been in her own car. Although we did have a Peugeot. We had a fucking big Peugeot. So she, I think she was in our car, actually, because it was a seven-seater. The three seats in the back used to... So anyway, she's staying with us as well. She's a big fat cow, big fucking huge woman. Um, we, we used to play murder in the dark, right? We used to turn all the lights off in the, in the chalet, and one of us had a torch, and we'd run round and scare the fuck, because it was pitch black. Cutcaive Wood Chalets is these chalets, five or six of them, on the edge of a woods with a farmer's field in front of you. So behind you, thick black forest, farmer's fields in front of you. Running around our chalet, playing uh, murder in the dark. And I always remember it was aluminium frames, aluminium doors, and my auntie was the, was on, was the man, and she was fucking... She'd never done anything, she was single. She, basically, she was a slag like, but she was a virgin. No, she wasn't. She, was, she used to put it around. She used to shag a busy called Bob. I remember that. She had a fucking beard and a big Adam's apple. I always remember that. She was a bit of a cunt, like most busies are. But anyway, um, this was going on. And I'm creeping up to the door to get in like that. And next thing, she must have heard me. And she threw the door open and screamed, Wah! like that. And smashed me tooth out of my head. My front tooth, my two front teeth. She snapped one of them in half. Shattered it. So I'm riding around in the floor. My auntie's hysterical. I want to go home. I want to go home. I've ruined the holiday. I want to go home. We, so I had a fat lip. I remember having a fat lip and a very, very sore tooth for the rest of the holiday. And I had to try and eat with this fucking chipped tooth. It was all right. Do you know what I mean? But when I've gone back home, it still plagues me now, obviously. So I've got a crown on it now and I shouldn't be talking about it. The last time it fell out was I was a guard on Merseydale. So you'll not get this, Simon, now. Mm -hmm. I was a guard on Merseydale. I was doing tickets. Would have been about the year 2000, year 2001. I was talking to a lady and my crown just flew off in her face. And what they did is they just literally filed my original tooth down to a point and it's got a nerve in it that's still alive. Now, I've still got this crown on now. It's 24 years old. It cost me back then about 100 quid. I've been told now the same crown would cost me up to fucking two or three grand. So it's a fucking waiting game. Shouldn't even be talking about the little cunt. Um, so, yeah. So there's a, a couple of really good... I mean, we went back to Cook Ivewood Shelley's uh, in 94 and had a whole different experience. Boss, it was like our first holiday as adults. And uh, I remember being all grown up and I, I cooked the roast dinner. Kerry cooked spaghetti bolognese. We were like adults cooking and we were drinking uh, wine. Um, what was the wine? It was like real. It wasn't as bad as Blue Nun, but it wasn't far off. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking weird. But anyway, that was a fucking phenomenal. That was one of the best holidays of my life. Every holiday I've had with Kerry is the best holiday of my life, apart from the leg breaking ones, which was fucking horrific. I mean, that. I mean, fucking hell, I'm here. I may as well tell you. So we've gone to Dunnett's Point, which is the true most northerly point in Scotland. We've gone and looked, they had a big fucking view, beautiful view, you can almost see the curvature of the earth, the view is that fucking vast out to sea. And then, we walk past the lighthouse, and we're going, off the beaten track, but no, it's a coastal walk, basically, along the northerly tip of Great Britain, fenced in, you can't fall off the cliff unless you walk, go over the fence. And we're just walking, and I can remember vividly, she's talking about what would happen if World War Three happened. So I'm like, girl, World War Three happens, we won't even know about it, we'll just go, oh fuck, it's World War Three before we get vaporised. I said, but, I said, if, if we aren't all nuked into oblivion, I'm too old to serve on the front line, but what I would do, I'd probably drive troop trains or something like that, but, I said, it'd never get to that, and as we're having this conversation, she just went down in the most pathetic of ways, like slow motion, we almost had time to, to laugh, we were getting ready to laugh and point at her for falling over again, because she falls over all the time, but we just heard this sickening crack, and um, I ran to her, Kerry's shouting at her to get up, and we're all laughing, but she is instantly hysterical, and um, she I looked at her leg and it's bruised instantly, so I fucking knew, and we're in the middle of nowhere, so 
she's hysterical. Kerry's shouting at her, you've only sprained your ankle, get up, get up. She couldn't walk on it. Hysterical. These cunts are walking past us with, with like face masks on, just going for a walk. They could have been doctors or anything, but they just fucking ignored her. They weren't doctors, obviously, because they wouldn't have ignored her. But I had to run back to the car park. Should just phone 999. I had to run back to the car park. There was a path up there for the farmer. So I drove up, opened the gate, got to the, the where I could get to. Then I had to run out, carry it on my back off the cliff top, about 200 metres. Felt like a fucking mile. Up the hill, she's hysterical. Threw it in the car. The others got in the car. I always remember our Grace just laughing uncontrollably. She says now it was because it was funny. She was in shock. Kerry's in shock. Eve's just fucking howling. I'm in shock. But pure adrenaline, able to focus on what I had to do. So we drive to the nearest hospital, trying to get off this B road. This cunt in a fiesta's in front of me wouldn't let me overtake. I'm flashing them. Pull over, pull over. Fucking screaming. She's going, Will you calm down? I'm going, I am calm. I know what I'm doing. Pull over. Eventually, at a passing point, the car pulled in to let somebody past us coming the opposite way, but that person stopped to let me go round the other cunt. He got the finger and a mouthful of abuse. The other fella got a nice wave. Flew to um, Thurstow Hospital, gets there, it's deserted, goes, rings the bell at A&E, opens the door, rings the next bell, a nurse comes out and goes, what are you doing ringing the bell twice? I went, what? My daughter's in the fucking car there, mate. She broke her leg. She's in fucking agony. Well, uh, you can't come in because of COVID. I'm like, fuck COVID. Can you not administer some pain relief or something and, or help her? What, what? And she goes, no, you have to go to work. So I was like, like John Cleese, I was like, right, I'll go to work. So I had to drive from Thurso to work. Must be about 20 miles off the top of my head. Down these eight roads, fucking 90 mile an hour. Got to work, tiny little A&E. Again, they treated her. Um, they put her in the worst cast we've ever seen. They were getting guidance off Inverness. We should have phoned an ambulance. The helicopter should have come and would have took her to Inverness. And she'd have been, she would have had a rod put in that day. Instead, she was put in a cast and we had to drive, and that was on the Friday. We had Saturday there where we just let her lay and, and get used to the pain and everything like that. And then on the Sunday, we were up at six and we drove back to Liverpool from John O'Groats to Liverpool in nine hours. The only place we stopped was the House of Brewer. Um, went for a piss, bought some pies and just fucking drove. I remember getting home and we're literally on the East Lanks and we stop at a set of traffic lights. And I mean, it was just a horrible journey. Everything's horrible. She's in agony. Just fucking horrible. Horrible few months. But this point, we're sitting at these traffic lights and a, a van, a DHL van parks next to us at the, at the next lane. Next thing, we just hear bang, and he shunts forward. Some, some constantly rear ended them. So that's right at the end of the trip. We're like, what the fuck? Let's just get home. And we had to get her in the house. And nobody could understand or know the seriousness. Oh, yeah, she's broke a leg. But no, we had to live it. So trying to get her up the stairs. Then she become a prisoner upstairs. Then she couldn't get in and out of her bedroom because of the step. Then we had to get her downstairs to take her to hospital to get the proper cast put on because they'd done it wrong. Um, then we had to get her back upstairs, then she couldn't get in and out of her room, then she had to sleep in our bed, but she couldn't move. It was, I don't know how we fucking did it, to be honest. I just don't know. Anyway, fucking talked for a bit here, like, haven't I? So, as if Joe's fucking dead. A superhero of the Avengers, fearlessly taking on any fight. An ordinary man with a strength that never gives up. Do you remember the pain? Oh, all of it, yeah. I was awake through every moment who risked his own life to try to save his nephew. I just perfectly see him in a pool of blood coming from his head. When I ran up to him, you know, I didn't think he was alive. <sighs> I'd do it again. You'd do it again? Yeah, I'd do it again. Because it was going right at my nephew. You have a video which is haunting. It's January 1st at 8.42, yeah. and you are 13 minutes away. Someone's been run over by a snowcat. Hurry. He's getting crushed. There's a lot of blood over here. He is in rough shape. Oh, oh, Keep breathing, man. Keep fighting. Oh, Hang in there, brother. Oh, oh, oh. This is a sound of someone that was dying. 
seven tons of machinery bearing down, and one man's iron will to fight and survive. Eight ribs broken in 14 places. Yeah. Right knee, right ankle broken, left leg tibia broken, the left ankle broken, right clavicle broken, right shoulder broken, face eye socket, the jaw, the mandible broken. Lung collapsed, mm. pierced from the rib bone, your liver. Mm. Which sounds terrifying. Yeah. And they're like, what's my body look like? Am I just gonna be like a spine in a, in a brain, like a science experiment? His extraordinary fight to live and his family's heartache and pain right there by his side through it all. I heard that you had, in sign language, you said to your family, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. A story of terror, survival. I chose to survive. You're not gonna kill me. No way. And triumph. Jeremy Renner. Diane Sawyer. Do you dream of doing those stats again? I've lost a lot of flesh and bone in this experience, but I've been refueled and refilled with love and titanium. The exclusive interview. You look in the mirror and do you see the same face? No, I, I see a lucky man. Thursday, April 6th at 10 9 Central on ABC. I'll tell you what guys, Hawkeye in real life, hero, and I didn't even know he was slowly walking again. So this interview, what people have probably just heard is, whatever it's called, a close survive. Diane Sawyer sits down exclusively with Jeremy Renner for his first interview since, well, he was crushed by a snowplow. So April 7th from Disney+, Plus. cheap plug for Disney+, Plus there people. I'm definitely watching this because this interview is going to be very amazing, I think. I won't be watching it because I'm not fucking arsed. Some fucking minor celebrity gets crushed, crushed by his own fucking stupidity with under a snowplow. I want a fucking interview with all the real fucking heroes out there, the first responders, the NHS, the people who've really been in fucking normal people. Celebrities do my fucking barnet in. I'll be honest with you. Do you know what does my head in now, right? All these game shows on a Saturday night used to have real people on winning real prizes. Now, it's like the union of celebrities has gone, hold on a minute. We can't be having normal people winning life-changing amounts of money. Why don't we get celebrities on winning a nominal amount of money for a shit fucking corporate charity who's got a board of directors that rinses the fucking fortune out of the charities? Why don't we? Oh, oh, and the celebrity who comes on, he must have a book or something to sell. Does my fucking head in. Jeremy Renner wipes his ass a fucking six-page, a six-part documentary on Disney+. Plus. Oh, look. There's Black Widow having a shit. Quick, six-pack documentary. That's blag. That's got to be blag. It's so badly edited. It's fucking blag. You've probably made that up yourself. You fucking do my head in, Phil Gard. You do my head in. Oh, Fettis, it's not stupidity. If you knew the story, the snowplow was out of control, 
and it was going to run his nephew over. So he basically got himself in the way and got his nephew out of the way. So he sacrificed himself. But potatoes, potatoes, I suppose. Thank you for not a 20-minute message about nothing. Much appreciated. Love you long time, bro. <laughs> also, Craig, jokes aside, I did listen to your message. Yeah, Picard does look like it's going down that Kirk way. Um, a lot of stuff on TikTok about that, funny enough, about bringing Kirk back. And Lacusis of Borg. So that should be interesting how they do that. Um, yeah, Man City versus Liverpool is half 12 on a Saturday. Don't get it myself. I think that's a massive game, even though Liverpool been shit this season like Chelsea. But that's the, that's the Sunday evening game. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's the biggest game of the weekend. Doesn't matter where they are in the league right now. Liverpool is still one of the biggest clubs in the world. Man City fighting for the title. Yeah, that's mental to me. Um, man, that's mental about your daughter as well. And that was the bad thing about COVID. Hospitals not letting people in. You have to go everywhere. That is proper stressful, mate. See? So I listened to most of it. Actually, I listened to all of it. I can't remember all of it, though. It's got a brain like a fucking sieve, like I said, 6,000 times in this show. Um, um, there's one arm, two arms, three arms, doing great. I am literally now just walking my way to work. And ready to part with everyone boring me and these so-called intelligent office people who try to talk intelligent stuff on their work and then I sit there and tell them what they do wrong it must be once or twice a week and then their boss comes out because they think I'm wrong and he looks at it and goes no he was right how did you get that wrong see um reason why I don't work full-time basically my whole body's falling apart everybody I've got on squishy that's my left knee what's now got arthritis on it it looks like I'm starting to get arthritis on my right arm my spine back area looks like it's got arthritis well quite frankly it's really hard to even go to swing parks in america and that now for me sometimes i have to have tablets to make sure the swelling goes down afterwards and that is why i go to the massage place on the test drive when everyone thinks i'm going for a happy ending no i'm not i'm going because i can barely stand up straight so they have to do deep tissues and sort that problem out so i can just recover halfway through the holiday so Craig, I'm only jesting, the 20 minute ones are useful because apart from you, me and Paul and every once in a while, Simon, we don't hear from Joe. Joe's been kidnapped. I've heard a rumour about Joe that he's become a, a big superstar now and we're not big enough for him, so we don't hear from him anymore. So your 20 minute ones are great. <laughs> I do listen to them, just in jest saying I don't. And I'm sure everyone else loves listening to the ramblings of Craig. The, the seven or six people that listen to this podcast. It's interesting that you say you've got arthritis um, because we're arthritis twins. I've got it in my left little finger, my right pointy finger, um, both hips and the base of my spine. Um, I will have naproxen as and when required, cocodamol, uh, paracetamol, ibuprofen. Uh, I don't go any stronger than that. Uh, what I find is I can walk five, six, seven, eight miles, or something like that. And then basically um, my legs stop working, my hips seize up and I struggle to get up curbs, that type of stuff. Um, 
but then other day, like I've just done yesterday, I did a 20 mile bike ride. Today, I've done a 20 mile bike ride. Not a problem. But when I suffer is when I'm in bed. So I've done that exercise today. And in the middle of the night, about three o'clock, bang, my hips just fucking start hurting. So I did start doing uh, drugs as I was going to bed. Do you know, like bedtime? But again, like paracetamol only lasts four hours. So you're only having four hours kip. And then you're back in pain again anyway. So. I don't know what the answer is. Um, I'm having physio at the moment, literally having physio at the moment with through occupational health. Ultimately, I need two new hips. What they're trying to do is um, I've stopped doing them because my me, me back keeps locking up. Um, but I will start up again. These are to, to increase the, the muscle around the hip area. So, yeah, it's all interesting stuff, mate. This is what this this podcast's all about. Um, just like little sound bites. Yeah, 20 minutes. I thought, I thought, you know what I mean? It was quite good, though, you know what I mean? Um, but it's all about mass debate and, uh, and just little weird sound bites. And, uh, I mean, I don't think anyone in the world has done a podcast like this. Have they? I just don't think they have. Um... And again, <laughs> no one listens to this, so I can say, great designs on the potential new names, Phil. You are a fucking genius. You're wasted. That's all I'll say. You're wasted. Um, we only updated the URL literally about 25 minutes ago, mate, so hopefully it'll start coming in through quick enough um i'm sure some had this problem before as well and if anybody wonders what i'm talking about um the podcast used to be called epic haunts is now being rebranded to hhe what stands for halloween horror events we took haunt events like halloween horror nights hello screams in orlando florida and then ones like scare city um Tully Shocktoberfest and many more in the UK. So if you're not listening to it, go and check it out. And we have a new co-host, Joe, who's never on this What's Up chat. <laughs> He's a part of the team with me and Simon now, and it is rated R18 podcast. Go and check out everyone. Um I was basically saying to Craig, it's not updated on Apple. We've only just updated ourselves really quickly now. Everything's brand new today. Had to change all the socials. So we're hoping everything's going to update. So people, if you're trying to find it on Apple and it's not finding it, just look for Epic Haunts. But hopefully you should be able to find it as HHE Pod. Just asking for a friend, but can I smell Phil's nan's? wind up vibrator for the first time in ages joe doesn't have to keep it a secret yeah i thought that too craig i'm sure i sent that to you as a voice message it sounded like a naughty night in the parks with <laughs> that name parks after dark and maybe that's what nick does after he's walking back from the movies hello and welcome to parks after dark on this week's episode I'll be mainly hiding in a bush and just like watching 
like men just wanking and stuff like that and then i'll get my little todge out and what i'll do right is i'll put a bit of chatty on it and i'll just sit there and wait until the ladies they love a bit of chappy so what i'll do then is i'll just watch and i'll record the audio so all you'll get is a load of and splashing noises and then after about two hours <laughs> after about two hours i will potentially ejaculate i'll probably uh, cry for me nan or phil's nan and then i'll uh, end the episode with a cue to me <laughs> with a cue to music and i'll play an instrumental version on my xylophone of relax by frankie goes to hollywood the 1980s scouse pop band cunts so i'm just walking home right fucking hell so coffin karen has just took carla has just took her kids to frankie and benny's with our eve um, the two four-year-olds molly and joanna got their ears pierced today because it's easter so you don't have to take them out for two weeks and all that palaver all the science behind the earpiece and it was like um do you just want to come for tea well no we're all right we've got food in and all that blah 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 but Kerry comes home from school and goes, right, I'm going up to uh, Frankie and Benny's to see Carla and the kids. I was like, well, I'll come with you then. So, four pints later, oosh, there I am, here I am, buried. Um, just, so, then I'm coming home with Kerry and Eve in the car and um, got a real ale place at the top of the street. Well, not at the top of the street, about half a mile away. Um, cask, something or other, blah, blah, blah. And um, I've, I just fucking jumped out the car at the traffic lights and said, because they're fucking giving me shit because I'm having a penis and all that. Right, fucking you're off. I'm going for a pint. Going to have a pint of real ale. Jumps out, goes into the ale house, says, hi, mate, I'll have a pint, blah, 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 blah. Um, do you take card? Contactless? No, mate, cash only. Oh, you're fucking joking. So this little owl fella goes next to me, I'll buy you a pint. And I'm like, mate, as much as I'm thankful, it's just full of men, men getting away from the women. As much as I appreciate that, I'm not taking your money. Um, so, fuck it. So I'm now walking home. Uh, there you go. <sighs> Pissed. And I'm sure I've got prostate trouble because... I've just had a piss in Frankie and Benny's not half an hour ago and now I need another piss and I'm like I'm desperate all of a sudden that's fucking prostate that that's an enlarged prostate I'll probably be dead soon
For the purposes of the show and the episode, Paul Brill, that was fucking boss. And that should be our intro forevermore. Nah, I'm just queuing up for my coffee. You have had too much to drink. Let me do something amazing over the weekend. It's the holidays now, so once I've finished my shows tomorrow, I can drum something up for you. But yeah, if I was gonna if I was gonna get a clip to to use of of live performance, I would have picked something a bit more interesting. But um, ah, this queue's too long. I go now. Oh me, I'm sitting here in my pajamas, just having a little bevy, watching the yellow jackets, and just picturing you in Inverness, just naked with a trumpet, and it's just making me all horny, man. Just fucking, just fucking boss laugh. Anyway, I'm um. I'm just gonna smack a vein up now. <laughs> I'm trying to be all smack headedy there. Uh, nice one, uh, Paul. Spot on there. This fucking yellow jacket. Fucking hell, mate. Get on it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, you're definitely pissed. I'm off damn pit now. Who'd <laughs> Who? Poodamogic. Good morning, gents. Uh, Craig, I was just listening to your my bench. Um, I hear you're coming up to the, the this neck of the woods. I swear. You and I are very often on like the same stretch of road at the same time and we never actually meet, which is probably not a bad thing. They say you should never meet your uh, heroes, idols, I don't know, what what are we? Um, but anyway, yes, that, that hotel, Elgin, um, I'm pretty sure that's a travel lodge, not a Premier Inn, because the Premier Inn is a little bit further in. But you see that Starbucks that you was talking about um, that had sprung up last time you were there? That was the drive-through that I was going through when I got the phone call to to give me the temporary job that I uh, got. Um, so yeah, I passed that every morning um, on the way to school. Uh, where am I? Yeah, I've just had a slap-up Scottish big one at Frankie and Benny's, and I'm stuffed. I'm about to go and do two shows. Um, yeah, you're up here. Aren't you? Uh, I made it, and I know it's always tricky when you've got family with you and stuff. I'm sure it would be great if we could meet up for a drink sometime one day, but um, I know you're on a fly and visit, and I, we, we might actually be involved in the same road traffic accident on the way back, because I'm driving down to um, England Shire on the Wednesday, I believe. We're going down to Leeds at first. So we'll be going down the M74, is it, or something? Fucking gorgeous road, by the way, that Glencoe Road. Once got almost washed away on that road, 
because uh, we went to a Muse gig at um, Glasgow somewhere and uh, we decided to take the scenic route back in the middle of the fucking night when there was a massive storm going on. Um, hang on, I'm just trying to navigate a car park type thing. Pardon me. Yeah, I didn't really have anything interesting to say. I should have thought about this. But as soon as I press that record button, I'm fucked. My mind goes blank. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's nothing there. Um, so I'm going to fuck off. I pretty much just watched the first part of WrestleMania Saturday, WWE WrestleMania, for the people out there who don't know what it is. Um, no spoilers, not talking about any of the fights, because I know that Simon and Joe, Joe the man who never talks on here, <laughs> is probably still watching it. I stay up for half of it last night, and then watched the rest of it this morning, very tired. I also stayed up last night to watch AJ, um... Joshua, so Anthony Joshua's boxing return, he won the fight easy on points, but God, it was a snorefest. He's not a boxer really, he's just a, to me, he's a model, muscle model, muscle model. I mean, if you took on people like Fury, I think even Wilder and that, they tear him a new ass. so yeah, that's it. Anyway, people, this is my last day of recording these vlogs someone else needs to take over as from nine o'clock tonight once i make this from monday who is taking over on this thing and by the way people out there yet again i hope you've listened to hhe the halloween horror events podcast i hope you listen to my bench i hope you've listened to talking bollocks or making bollocks on all them bollockses out there i hope you've listened to the new improved and back to the originals more lando and if i've missed any podcast people i say sorry if i've got names wrong because i'm an idiot so what's everyone doing on this fine wet crappy sunday you can tell it's the score today's the weather shit